everybody and welcome to the Bootstrap Queen podcast. I'm your Jofa host Shanice Cleckley and this is episode number eight, Soft Skills Are Life Skills. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to my colleague LB Adams, who is the founder and CEO of Practical Dramatics, a soft skill training company that's leading the way in corporate training. Now, LB used to be a shark diving scuba instructor. Can you believe it? And now she is forging her way as an amazing TEDx speaker and trainer. All right, listen here for LB Adams in episode number eight. Enjoy. This is Shanice with the Bootstrap Queen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Today I have my lovely colleague, Miss LB Adams, who is coming to us from all the way in COVID Central. That's what everybody is now. I just wanted to say that. I don't I don't know why. You know, it's it's like I've been watching Stephen Colbert, LB, and, and when I see him do stuff and he just like is quiet, like he's waiting for the laugh track. I, I know. I, I I've watched um, Jimmy Kimmel and, you know, they're all working from home and there yes. is no laugh track and it's utterly surreal. You know, it audience but I am in my I am in my bedroom dying laughing because I just think that's so funny when they wait so it's, right. it's hilarious right. to me but thank you LB for coming on the bootstrap queen I really do appreciate it of course thank you for letting me spend time with you it's gonna be great 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 I'm gonna ask you the first question that I ask everyone when they come on the show number one what is your superpower and how do you use it to impact the world So I've given this a lot of thought and my superpower is the ability to observe in a really supreme way. Mm. So I'm a watcher of people and I built the skill a long time ago as a, as a young actor. And, you know, one of the, the exercises that we had to do was go to a public place and just observe people and try to figure out what their relationships were, not with conversation, but just observation. And so mm-hmm. I've really honed that skill over the years. And it, it serves me really well doing what I do, which is, of course, soft skills training. Um, and so I, I know that the second part of that question is generally, how do you, you know, uh, export that into the world. And, and so with soft skills, soft skills training, I have to be observant because so much of communication is nonverbal. I have to be able to see the cues and, and what people are doing when they have no idea that they're having conversations. So I can better use that to teach them to ha- how to have those conversations in a more profitable way. That was a lot of words. Did that make sense? That makes sense. It does. I mean, um, one of the things I notice with uh, now, because we are in an age of phone and text and different things, is when Mm -hmm. um, people are communicating in person, it's like, did he not or did she not pick up on those cues? It's like, why didn't Mm -hmm. you pick up on that they were uncomfortable? And, And in my head, I'm wondering, I'm like, do you just not care? Or do you just not know? you know, how to do effective communication just in a conversational setting. So it's like the art of communication is, I don't want to say it's dead, but it's transformed to um, not being as social as it should be. 
Do you find that? It's interesting. I, I think the way that humans communicate is a constant evolution. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that, that you know, tickles my funny bone is, you know, 50,000 years ago when we were developing language, you know, when we moved past uh, uh, grunts and clicks and gestures into a language that, that we understand as it is now, mm -hmm. um, we also used drawings, pictographs, you know, and we used those drawings to give context to who we were and what we were. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me as an observer to understand that in many ways we've come full circle. And so while we distance communicate through email and text, we have also developed a pictograph language mm -hmm. in emojis to give mm -hmm. ourselves context. You know what I mean? And so, right. so often we don't know if the other person is joking or kidding until they send us the happy smiley face emoji. Um, do you know what I mean? I Isn't do. That's that true. I, I get that. Um, I, I'm actually a big gifter. I like the, the gifts or gifs yeah. or whatever you want to call it. But I like those <laughs> yes. because you know, they, they help me the most. A lot of, when I'm feeling something and I'm texting someone, I send the gift of somebody, maybe a fist pump or jumping up and yes. down because yes. that uh -huh. actually helps me more than saying, oh, congratulations. I really want to be the congratulations with the pom-poms in the air and I got right. everything screaming more so than you reading. Oh, that's nice. It's social surrogacy. Oh, I like that. Yeah, for like sure. That. So we can't, we can't be there to touch or to physically make contact or to physically, you know, observe the body language and the eye contact. Um, and so we'll do these things that are sort of universally recognized like okay. gifts or emojis it's social surrogacy now i do have a question why do they call that soft skills i think that communication is key if you hear anything in marriage communication is key in team building sure. communication yeah. is key in um getting a job communication is key if communication is key why is it a soft a soft skill. That's yeah. such a great question. And, and certainly as we move through the digital age, I think it's become much more of a relevant question. And I can tell you that when I started my business um, several years ago, when I first started speaking to people about soft skills training, first I'd have to tell them or teach them what soft skills were before I could teach them about what it is I do. Mm. Uh, so that's interesting. I no longer have to do that. Okay. Soft skills has become a very hot, very profitable topic, not only for people who train, you know, cor corporate trainers like myself, um, but school systems and educational systems as a whole are having very broad conversations about soft skills because, you know, study after study after study of em employer wants and needs and all, all show us that they can mm -hmm. train for those hard technical skills. Like I can teach you how to use a screwdriver. Right, I can right. teach you, you know, how to math. Right. Um, what is far more difficult is to teach someone how to work profitably on a team. Right. Like we, hoped the, we hope those skills come in with you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we don't have to teach them because most companies don't have the foundations to teach on something that's seemingly amorphous and without quantitativeness. Right. Would you I think say that's that, where the soft comes in. 
of that, okay, well, okay, soft. And I wonder, quite frankly, in my feminist mind, so I'm a submissive Preach. feminist. Here, let me hear okay. it, yes. I'm a, I'm a submissive feminist, meaning because I, in my household, we do follow uh, Christian values of my husband as the head of the household. Yet, I am so women-centered that I know that I'm the boss. So, because I am the barometer of this house and what happens in this house is what I need for this house. So I will go ahead and let my husband be the head of the household, but I know I'm the boss. And in yes, being the submissive feminist, I wonder if the soft skill is because soft has to do a lot with feelings. If you're not empathetic and if you're not listening, and if you don't have a heart to understand when someone's crying, when someone's happy, when someone's sad, and relate it to a feminist type of thing, a feminine type of thing, which people think emotions are feminine, even though they're for everything, is why it has been downplayed as not as important. I, I think that's an interesting take. And I'm certainly, I, you know, I would call myself a feminist as well. I... I, I think that's a great perspective and it you're probably right about that 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 soft skills as a whole whether you're talking about communication or the ability to work on a team or mitigate conflict or in whatever parameter you're talking about soft skills there is absolutely necessary an element of thoughtfulness and of empathy even though we call empathy another skill unto itself right those things have to be present in order for soft skills to be present. They have to be, it's sort of, you know, it's the litmus or the barometer of skill set. Um, so I think that's a great point. I think that's a brilliant point. Because so I think about in business, um, you are a corporate trainer uh, or, or your organizational trainer. Well, you teach people all kinds of training. Tell everybody what you teach. You, <laughs> you have TEDx training, um, yes. you have speaker training, you have corporate yes. training, you have organizational training. Plus, you can also sit here and tell me how to do media training. You have a lot of training that can yes, all encompass everything. So tell them right. about your business and the name and um, we'll do two plugs, do one plug right now, do a shameless plug of how to reach you and then do one at the end too. We'll do that too. Okay. So <laughs> shameless, shameless plug alert, woo woo, shameless plug alert. So again, I'm LB Adams. I am the founder and CEO of Practical Dramatics and <clears throat> excuse me, Practical Dramatics is a soft skills training company that is rooted in theater strategies. And so what that means is that Every single thing that we do is engaged, impactful, and um, activity-driven. And so primarily humans learn by doing, so we do mm. immediately. And uh, so that's the shameless plug there. Um, I forgot what else, because I get so and lost in that let, stuff. Let but, them know all you know. the trainings uh, yes. I put in high quotations because... Um, it's training, but it's a coach, but it's something that it's more than just training. Um, right. You know, right. it's really. So we teach people, be believe it or not, like what it comes down to is whether it is on a corporate level, whether we're teaching, you know, a group session or whether it's one to one. I'm, we're basically teaching people how to people better. Mm -hmm. We're teaching people how to use the skills that they probably already have, but have no idea that they have. Because soft skills are also rooted 
deeply in ego and history and fear and all of those things. And so, you know, yes, there's training. Yes, there's all of this stuff, but there's also a psychology to it. Again, remember in the beginning, I, I talked about being an observer. And so there's a huge amount of psychology in stepping back <clears throat> and allowing space for other people to be whomever and whatever they are. Mm -hmm. And simply allowing them to be, and then giving them skills to be better authentically. I love that. See, that's why I wanted you on the show, because my tagline, <laughs> really, because my tagline is use what you got to get what you need. And like you just said, Brilliant. you already have yes. things in you in one form or another, but with, with practical dynamics, dr dr oh, oh, why do I always do that? I want to say practical dynamics. <laughs> everybody does everybody gets that wrong <laughs> it's okay I'm not mad at you okay good thank you but what, what you do is you help us refine and bring them out to show the best of what you need to do you know I imagine um, being able to speak to someone on stage and having that dramatic pause and where some people it may be natural for others it may have to be taught in order to read a room or so I love that. Can we just talk for a second about pause? Yes. Uh, um, can we pause for a moment for pause? Yes. yes. Awesome. Um, so I love that. And that's such a, it's a mechanical skill, understanding how and when to pause. There is also a very strong psychological component to pausing because we as humans and specifically we as women very often in conversations rush to fill the conversations with words because silence is scary mm -hmm. right silence can be very very scary and it also is power when you pause to breathe or take a moment the eyes center on you mm -hmm. and if you're not saying anything then what is the moment about it's about you singly standing there just being and being feel and feeling like you're being judged right and so that pause becomes ginormous and that's one of the things that we always teach in whatever workshop we're running is that silence is power when you can use the pause profitably it's amazing well when i'm coaching i do a pause for my clients because they will be talking and they'll say something, but they want me to fill in the space to give them the answer. Of course. So I have to stop and say, and so how do you think you'll be able to do this? And they'll say, well, now just look. And it's quiet. And they'll say, oh, you're not going to tell me? No. That's why I asked you how it was going to be to do it. Exactly. So I love the pause in order exactly. to not fill the space. But it's so powerful. It is powerful, it, it is. In, how did you get started with soft skills or, or with yes. this line of work? I know you said in theater, so yes. I yes. need to know a story. So, well, there is a good story. Um, do you remember earlier when you were, you, you said something about two lives? And so I probably had m more than two, but uh, so I started in college as a theater major and um, really loved it, found a community, found something I could relate to at a really troubling, terrible point in my life and mm -hmm. held fast to that. Um, 
And then I was living in New York City. I'm going to abridge this story because it's long and it's detailed. But the abridged version is I was working as an actor and, you know, actor work is gig work. And so right. sometimes you're working and sometimes you're not. And even when you're not working, you still like to eat. Go figure. Right? <laughs> so I started temping in law firms. Um, some actors do a lot of table waiting. You know, they become service industry people. Um, and so that was not for me. I started temping in law firms, typing um, documents and real estate documents in, in particular. And I got really good at it. And so I was hired by a firm and started working in their real estate department. And then I moved from firm to firm. And I found that I was making a hell of a lot more money working, you know, in legal and in banking than I was as an actor. And um, though I kept my hand in and I was doing some voiceover work, I was doing some commercial work and independent movie work and TV work and, you know, gig work wherever I could, uh, I was still working in law firms. And so I ended up working in law firms doing really cool, fun stuff. So at one point I moved from legal. I also had intellectual property background Ooh. in uh, a law firm. And so then I moved over to the house of Calvin Klein and Ooh. was working there for a while, working with their um, intellectual property department, uh, defending the, the trademarks and working with Pinkerton detective agency, uh, you know, on sting operations coming, you know, with uh, counterfeit goods coming into the country. So that, there was that. And then um, at one point I was an executive with an international bank and we were building, you know, skyscrapers in New York City. And so then I decided to chuck it all and I became a scuba diving instructor in Mexico. You are telling the story. You are not. I am telling you the God's honest. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh my. So I did some shark diving. I, I did some shark diving. I did some teaching, some scuba teaching. Uh, and then I came back and, um, oh my gosh, what was next? So I started to, and then 9-11 happened and my, my dad died in a terrible uh, truck accident. So this sort of series of events, and it's interesting when you look back, you can see how the path changes. You know that this event or this series of events has substantially changed the direction of your life. And so those two things were uh, momentous in changing the direction of my life. And so I, you know, I packed up my stuff and I moved upstate to New York where I'm from originally. Mm -hmm. And um, I started developing properties. I taught myself how to renovate and when I say I taught myself, you know, I did have, I had a cousin who was instrumental in helping me, but let me say, I have cut myself. I have electrocuted myself. I have, you know, I have, at one time I glued myself to a floor, oh, literally no. glued myself to the floor. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm rolling around on the floor. I have no idea how I'm getting up, but that's what happens when you're Oh my gosh. You know? Oh my goodness. So it makes the shark diving look even more pleasant, right? <laughs> So at that point, I was working as a mortgage banker, mm -hmm. uh, but I was also very active in uh, the community and working on the boards of local community theaters. Mm -hmm. I wanted to keep my hand in. I wanted to provide whatever expertise I could and really participate. You know, it's where mm -hmm. I love, you know, I love that energy. I love that community. And so 
through that, I had a couple of people approach me who were with local school districts and they asked, can you come teach, you know, some stage stuff? And it was really amorphous. Can you come teach some stage stuff to the students? And I thought, yeah, I can teach stage stuff, whatever that means, you know? And so that developed into a little bit of a curriculum, like a stagecraft curriculum. Um, and I was teaching not only the students, but the staff. And we would talk about not only stagecraft, but how those things translate into the world. So for example, uh, if I'm on stage and I'm, and I'm telling you that, that actors have to project their voices and it's right. not shocking, it's projection and it's how you stand and how you breathe. Well, that has a direct effect on your interaction in the world. It's not just from the stage, but how you move through the world. And so uh, a friend of mine said to me, that I should make a business out of this, that I was really good at it. And uh, I, I thought, well, huh, that's interesting. Never gave that a thought. And then when we moved shortly after that, we moved to South Carolina from New York in 2012. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity at that point, you know, another major life change to do what I was doing remotely for the mm -hmm. bank that I was working at, or I could you know, swallowed the frog, jump off the cliff and start a business. And so I did all of the above. <laughs> and, <laughs> I knew it. I knew and that, as they say, is history. But, you know, what's interesting is that you have no idea what you don't know when, because you don't know. Right. And so I thought, yeah, I could start a business. I, you know, this will be fine. I've, I've had, I have business experience. I'm, you know, it's all good. It's fine. It's, it'll be good. I'll build it. They'll come. You know, I have the field of dreams mentality. <laughs> Which is maybe what you need. You need to know. You need you need not to know how stupid you might be. Right, right. Right. You need not to know how stupid you might be. And so I opened my company with a single workshop, zero money. But um I had been getting emails from Groupon as a way to explore Charleston. And okay. so I thought wait a minute, Groupon might be something here. And so I reached out to Groupon. We put my single workshop on Groupon uh -huh. and sent it out and people came. Wow. And so from that, yeah, I know, because Groupon's mailing list was substantially larger than my mailing list at that point. Sure. And so I was getting in front of people. And so from that single workshop, we've now built into multiple workshops and you know corporate events and- right. Uh, clients all over the place and there you have it you don't know what you don't know until you need to know it and you you build it and you your know? academy your your speaking academy yes ma'am all of that all <laughs> of it all of it all I, of it i'm gonna just say right now you just gave me like the biggest nugget ever with the groupon thing i was like why have i never thought about groupon <laughs> well you know i will say i will say I, you know, with Groupon, you don't make money. No, you, know, you don't, but you don't necessarily need when you're doing right. something new. But their email list. Yes. You know, I you mean, have to capitalize. How else do you get a ton of people who subscribe to a particular area that for yeah. a little bit of, you're going to take some of my profits. Okay, fine. I mean, it's zero profits or the little bit I'm going to get from you. It's really a, a, a humongous thing. 
That is like yeah. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you for that. But <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> Free of charge. <laughs> All that. Okay. See, yeah. A woman after my own heart, like just take the bull by the horns and you know what? Right. Exactly. And gonna... then of course, you know, since then it's been a process of evolution and I've met some of the most extraordinary people who have helped guide me in, in a variety of ways. So some people, they give you information, they give you nuggets, they, they guide and mentor you. And then other people guide and mentor you in a negative way mm -hmm. because you have positive and negative space. And so some people I, I met who didn't understand soft skills, certainly didn't understand the theater component of it, mm -hmm. asked me to not talk about that. Mm. To not talk about the theater, to, to, to think of a different word for soft skills, you know, to, to take all of that out of there. And I, I did that for a little while because I respected their voices. And what I found was it became inauthentic and my business dropped. And as soon as I, as soon as I understood who I was, who the company was, what our voice is, mm -hmm. it all became clear. Mm. And I, you know, we are not for everyone. That's and that's one of the biggest lessons I have learned over time is I am not for everyone. My company is not for everyone. We are not for you if you don't want really engaged, fun, scary stuff. You don't want that? We're good. We're cool. We can have coffee, but you know. Right. Oh, that's good. So what's next? In the next five years, what is in the horizon? What are you dreaming of? Okay. So next five years, that's terrific. I am writing a book right now. I am writing a book on soft skills in the digital age, and it is funny, and it is irreverent, and it's very tongue-in-cheek, and um, it's very much the tone and tenor of my company mm -hmm. um, because we approach everything with humor because if not, holy crap, why? You know? Exactly. Just why if you can't if you can't find some humor in in life i mean look at the time that we're living in exactly so that's that's going to be the book um five years i want to be so it's on my list i want to i want to just start speaking globally so i've spoken all over the country but i haven't spoken internationally that's on the list building up the academy what i would love to do is um build a speaker's bureau for women, uh, very particular women who have very particular sort of siloed voices that don't necessarily overlap onto each other. Um, that's on the horizon. Um, a lot of travel, a lot of time with family. And I want to continue, I want to continue working with the the one-to-one -one clients I have, they may be the most satisfying uh, in that I really get to evolve with them. I learn just as much from those people as they, they learn from me. And so, you know, that feeds you. That when you see the change in someone, when you understand that the light bulb has gone on, mm -hmm. that the realization has hit, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, yeah. that is as life-changing for me as it is for them. And so I want to continue to do that. And I, 
I have to figure out how to scale that, but um, that's definitely a, a flow through. That's, I'm going to keep that forever. Now, I, I do, you have it. I, I love that. But <laughs> I, I look to the future, but I, I do want to know, what did you want to be when you grew up? That's funny. So I had thought I either wanted to be a hairdresser. <laughs> I can see that. Or I wanted to be, I wanted to fly jets. I wanted to do one of those two things at first. And so I, I, the hairdresser was fun, but I didn't feel like it was glamorous enough. Like I was glamour adjacent. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. And then I found out in my junior, senior year in high school, and this is going to date me obviously, but um, at that point, women were not allowed to fly jets. And oh. I got pissed. Oh. Yeah, women were not allowed to fly jets. Oh. And so that ruined my whole identity there. And so I thought, well, what can I do that I can do everything that they don't want me to do? Oh. And then I thought, I'm going to be an actor. Okay. And then, I, they, and then they can't tell me no. You and know. then you can fly jets, and you could be a hairdresser, and you can and I can parks, and, and I can do them at the same time. You know, <laughs> all at the same time in the same place. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. And have nobody's going to tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming! It's coming! <laughs> oh, I need a ticket. I, I want a ticket to that one woman show because I know it's going to be magical. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing with me and oh thank you your life I, I i love to profile and and speak to engaging women who are really using the things that are inside of them in order to share with the world and you are definitely doing that it's been a pleasure to just kind of work with you and see you through um women entrepreneurs inc and which is such a great group of women i was like i am like a- I amazed at the 200 plus women that are there all doing something different, um, but yet working together in order to advance each other in what we're doing, which I think is amazing. And I love those communities. Yeah, for sure. I do. I love that community. I love it. I love it. So let everybody know how they can reach you on the digital age and how they can be a part of um, your academy. I hope you're accepting people for the fall, maybe. Yeah, well, we're doing, we're going to do a public speaking boot camp for women later this year. Um, But uh, that's the only thing that we really have scheduled per se at this point. But for more information or to connect with us, certainly people can reach out to uh, our website, www.practicaldramatics.com. Shoot me an email, lbadams at practicaldramatics.com or connect with us on social, uh, on Twitter, it's at Practical Drama or on Facebook. So we would love to hear from people. And if you have soft skills or public speaking questions, please shoot them to us. We're happy to respond. Oh, I love that. And you did it in your announcer voice too. That's amazing. I did, right? I did. <laughs> Do you ever tell us what LB stands for? No. Why? I want to know. <laughs> no, it's just it's not a big secret. It's Lisa Beth. My mom was Elizabeth. And so I'm Lisa Beth. But, but I like LB because it is non-gender, non-gendered. 
And so if you receive an email from LB, you just don't know. You don't know. I totally understand that because um, I go by Shanice, but my Mm -hmm. first name is, starts with an L as well. So I put L Shanice Cleckley and I do it because my first name is Lacanya. I don't utilize it, but I did it because it's not um, Shanice. It's totally made up. So it's (laughs) non-racial. It is. So it's uh, non-racially specific and no one knows. And so when right. I was going into the workplace, I wanted something that people would not know. I didn't mind them knowing I was female, but right. I did not want them to know what race I was. So I put sure. L. Dot. I totally understand that. <laughs> I totally understand that. I almost feel like, well, names are powerful to begin with. You know, they they're how we ask the world to address us. And yes. so I absolutely am on am on board with anyone who wants to determine how that power is used. Mm-hmm. So. And thank you so much for speaking to me. I truly do appreciate it. And this has been such a pleasure. And I agree. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much. I cannot say how wonderful it was to talk to LB. She has so much energy, so much life and so much insight that Coming on the show, I hope you guys just really got all those nuggets because I did, especially the one about the Groupon. Who would have thought about that? I mean, it's resources sitting right there at your hand, using what you got to get what you need. And having her life experience all ball up into one big ball of synergy and to be able to use that to impact the world is amazing to be able to witness and be a part of. So I am so glad that LB came on. Okay, Queendom. Have you been subscribing? I know you have. Share, share, share. Leave us a review on thebootstrapqueen.com. Please connect with us. We are having a great time bringing you our wonderful guests, sharing these bits and nuggets, those things that you need to help you live abundantly. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Send us an email. Connect with us at www.thebootstrapqueen.com and we will be happy to contact you about being a guest on the show. Until next time, guys, just stay safe out there. Have a great time. And we'll be seeing you for episode number nine. Okay, bye.